Captain's the M-Class email. I'm Jeff. We read your emails. This is Josh. Let's get into it. Fuck, I don't even have to talk today. Awesome. <laughs> Introduce yourself to the... I'm t- yes, Master. I am Josh. <laughs> Who who is Josh? In case people don't know, you. Uh, I'm Josh from uh, this show, this and show. I do uh, uh, other shows like Continue and Pretend Friends, and uh, a show called Fantasy Fiction that you might remember. I'm Jeff from this show. Let's read some emails. <laughs> Why did you make me do that? I don't know. <laughs> well, mostly it was to see if I could. To be honest, well, you could. You could. Now you know. Uh, I'm. I guess it, I did make you do it. So I'm Jeff from this show from M Class Podcast. I was also on a show called Rider Club Radio. You may have yeah, heard of. about Cayman Rider. About Cayman Raider. And, Is that how uh, nerds say it like, I, sarcastically? If you hear this, by the way, if you're listening to this, I know Common Rider came out on like for streaming, like officially in America. Now you don't have to tell me. <laughs> Well, Everybody was really cool tell about you. telling me, though. Everybody was like, holy shit, Jeff, you got to see this. But uh, if yeah, they you knew. Did you know? I know. But yeah. um, I appreciated that they did it, but um, I'm still getting it, like, two days later. So yeah. um, thank you, okay. everybody. But uh, Jeff, did you know Cayman Rider came out for streaming in the U.S.? I talked about this on uh, Rider Club Radio, but, like, I don't think that's gonna do anything like if you were gonna watch common rider you would have already done it like it's online for free everywhere yeah so it's already like, like you can watch thing. it a lot of it's on youtube like you can watch it for free the common rider is like cool it's like it's pretty niche though right yes. like i mean it's, especially yeah. in the states like yeah except here, hawaii yeah. it's huge there because they had it yeah. on tv back in the 70s oh sure yeah okay yeah i mean i love power rangers so you know. yeah like uh common rider is one of those things that like People who've heard about it, if they're interested, they're gonna watch it. Right. And l- having it streaming in the U.S. isn't gonna make it any more popular than it already was. Yeah, it needed to have already been a thing. Yes. It's like a nostalgia thing, like you said, like yeah. in Hawaii. It's gotta be like that. Um, but thank you, everybody who told me. It was really cool that people associate me with something heavily enough that they wanted to show me. I thought that was pretty neat. That's why whenever I see a big wiener guy, I send you a link and say, this reminds me of you. <laughs> this reminds me of you and your totally real giant wiener. <laughs> totally real giant wiener is the new... That's going to be the new saying. We've been talking about <laughs> TRGWs. Yeah, you're totally real giant wiener. Totally real giant wieners. Um, our first email is, is the same as several like episodes of this. is from Lee Morgan. Who Lee sent us, like, five emails in a row, so I'm just reading them one at a time. Thank you, Lee. Uh, he writes... The title of the email is Props. Okay. And it begins, Hey, Trek Boys. Hello. Uh, I would like to give you props for creating oh. such an engaging podcast. Oh, I thought this was going to be about, like, phasers and... Also, I'd like to know your favorite prop used in any Star Trek show or movie. I'm ahead of the game. He, he bolded the word props, so... I get it. <laughs> Thanks for the props. Yeah, we appreciate the props. Word up, homie. Um, word up. Word to your mother. Uh, what's our favorite props? The... <laughs> uh, mine, he says, mine is the phaser rifle from TOS. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah. The to- fucking Mark 7 or yeah. something like that. Totally non-ergonomic with a switchy thing on top. Grip in the back for what? Can you mount it on a tripod and go like Rambo 4? Yeah, it looks like they overthought that a bit, right? The thing is, the it's built like a pistol with a giant butt on it. Like, yeah. It's got like a giant ass hanging off of it because you have to hold the grip way up at the front and right. just tuck the rest of it under your arm. Yeah. Yeah, it looks really, really silly. Like they were like, I don't know. <laughs> like make future. it look like the future. <laughs> yeah. He says, uh, all you- I know is that it can shoot stuff really bad. Keep up the good work, Lee. <laughs> uh, uh, some of the like the movie phaser rifles are really cool. Yeah, whatever those are. There's I, a bunch. There, of them. there are some that I like for the wrong reasons, like the original TOS phaser rifles that are just a regular phaser, but uh, like shoved into the front of a rifle. <laughs> yeah, I do like the uh, like Type Three phaser rifle, which is the regular Star Trek. It's the it's the T 
TNG DS9 early rifles. I think that's cool looking. Like I like the later DS9 ones that have like the um like shit it's got like a guard underneath it yeah 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 it looks really cool and futuristic it reminds me of like the later tos movie phasers like hand yes. phasers yeah that were like black and really sleek looking and futuristic yeah. i like those are cool those are cool phase hand phasers are cool too i like those uh, a lot um my one of my favorite props that shows up constantly in star trek from tos onwards is there's a machine that's like a big it's like got a big metal base and two metal things that come up the sides and there's two tubes running from uh-huh. one side to the other yes and light flashes back and forth in them yes and that's science yes the science machine yes i know i know this yes <laughs> i fucking love the science machine every time i see it i'm like oh shit they're doing science in here I think the tricorder, the TNG tricorder, is dope. Uh, oh, yeah. That's especially cool the one you can take the scanner out of the top. That's fucking awesome. Oh, like the medical one. That one's cool Yeah, as fuck. the medical one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I like, uh, I like Soren's uh, disruptor from... Oh, yeah, yeah. From uh, Generations is cool. It, like, turns. I think that's cool. I like uh, Klingon... Batless. Like, Batless are Mech-less. super fucking cool. Yeah, they're cool. Like, if I had one, if I could have, like, one item on my wall from Star Trek, it would be, like, a mounted Batleth. Yeah. That would be cool as fuck. But really, I think my absolute favorite prop from all of Star Trek history is the TOS hand phaser. Yes, it's it's like it's iconic, right? It is iconic. Like it's super right. I would I say the TNG one, actually, phasers are really cool too, but they're not as iconic, right? No, TNG phasers are like garage door openers or vacuum cleaners. Is what they look like. <laughs> but what they are it? cool. I like them. <laughs> they look like a hand vac. I think my favorite prop from Star Trek is Toby the Targ. Molly's Targ. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I'm supposed to be telling you this, but uh, Crystal heard us talking about wanting Toby the Targs, and <gasps> she's been trying to make them. What the since. fuck, dude? It's like I have a new mom! <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome! She's been working at it at her own pace. It's like taking... It, she's not rushing it. It's gonna be a really long time, but she's like... She's giving it a shot, because she's made... That's awesome! Uh, she found a, a, pattern a pattern once yeah. before about... Uh, the in Breath of the Wild, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, there are these plushies of sand seals. Yes, yes. And she saw it and she's like, fuck, I want one of those. So she looked up how to make it and she made one and it's fucking amazing. And <laughs> she's like, I should do that again. She wanted to do it again. And when we started whining about wanting Toby the Targ, she suddenly <laughs> we were was whining like, about it. She was like, I should try that out. So. I know you can buy the pattern on Etsy. I think somebody has made a, a, a stitching pattern. I don't. I don't know how that works, like copyright wise. But yeah, I'm assuming like there isn't a pattern. Someone just made it, right? Like well, some yeah, prop. Apparently made on it. the show, it's because she's done some research. She's a very big researcher. Oh, I love this. I love this. She's a huge researcher. On the show, Toby the Targ was based on a plush pig that had been out at that oh, time. Okay, so they just modified it. Like it was a it. plush boar, and they just bought it and modified it. They just put a like, horn on it. <laughs> yeah, and that's what most people do, but they don't make that toy anymore. So, so have people have like own. shown how it's made and stuff now yeah toby the targ is a good choice toby talk rules he's the reason molly gets fucking sent to the hell world (laughs) i really like the uh little crystal hologram projector that has tashi yar's image in it oh that that thing's uh, cool yeah data has i think that's really you see that in the game when data data's hand shows up you see data for like the back of data you never he never talks you just see him yeah r.i.p data Rip, rip data. Well, he's alive there. Yeah, he's so. alive. He's B4. Yep. He got it, spocked. It's... Um, I think I've talked about this before. It's not a prob, but my, one of my favorite things in Star Trek is the robe that Spock wears in the motion picture when oh, he shows up. so comfortable. He's He's got this, like, flowing-ass black, like... It looks like a poncho, like, robe that has this, like, intricate... Uh, text like Vulcan text down the front of it. It's yeah. the uh, Tafar the Tava Tafar Tapan, which is uh, like balanced logic order. 
Is Tapan's name order? Uh, Tapan's name is T dat like apostrophe Ta- pawn. Yeah. Oh, this is T A P O N. T A P A N is Tapan. Tapan. Okay. Yeah. It's it's like balance process order. I think is what it means because I've I've studied the Vulcan world. Yeah. Because I I got nothing fucking better to do in my life. Maybe Crystal can make you one of those. That robe. She's not a seamstress. <laughs> I mean, she's making a Toby. That counts as a seamstress true. for I me. I guess that's true. I want to get that tattoo, but I guess I should get Captain's Log Gigantic Hog first. Captain's Log Gigantic Hog. I need to get <laughs> Green Blood, Green Bud. One of these days, man. Dude, I'll do it. I will. Fu- if you give us, if you get us to 1,200, I'll do it. I'll Fuck fucking yeah. do it. I would love. I wonder what that would look like in Vulcan script, though. Captain's log, gigantic hog. Would, <laughs> would that be possible in Vulcan script? Poppy yeah. would know. Poppy, Poppy let us know. know. Yeah, Poppy, can you like, can you like send us a picture of the font? What it would look like. <laughs> Thanks for that email, Lee. We appreciate that. <laughs> our uh, our next email is from another Josh. Uh there can jo- be only one. I believe he goes by Joshua, though. Ugh, that's even worse. Oh, no. <laughs> his email does say thanks. It's the title. <laughs> he knew I was going to make fun of his name. Hey, guys, I just want to say thanks. I've never really been into Star Trek besides watching some episodes of TNG as a kid. Thanks to you guys, though, that quickly changed. Deep Space Nine is one of my favorite series of television, and the TOS movies are spectacular, even oh. the bad ones. I'm looking at you, Five, so thanks again. It's always Five. <laughs> Five is the worst. Uh, uh, excuse me, uh, what would God need with a starship? You'll ask the Almighty for an ID. <laughs> yeah, you do. We're fucking Starfleet, <laughs> motherfucker. Punch him in the face, Kirk. I'm glad that we've had that that good of an effect on you, Joshua. That's yeah, that's really awesome. Dope. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's great. It's all great except for the new stuff. So <laughs> Hopefully the new stuff will get good. Mm, uh, I've heard I've heard tell. Yeah. I've heard tell. PS, Jeff, you need to stream Mega Man 7 through 10 next. You oh, explain geez. to me how the fuck I can do that and I'll do it. <laughs> like I can what do 7 were, and what 8. What are they on? 7 is on Super Nintendo. Yeah, you can do that. 8 is on PlayStation. That's you can do it. It's a little I can harder. Do that. 9 and 10 are on the Wii. That's hard. To I don't do. know how the fuck to do that. I don't think there's Wii emulators. Um, there might be actually. There, there probably is, but there's a, a lot GameCube of, emulator. A uh, lot of PS2 and that era emulators are really bad. Yeah, they're, they're buggy, pretty fucking janky. Yeah. Uh, I would love to do that. Though. I might stream seven and eight at some point because I did be a cool. marathon for my patrons that are patrons of mine at Patreon.com/slash Jeff Pennington, mm-hmm. where uh, I post tons of behind-the-scenes art works in progress. Uh, a whole podcast that you can only get there called Smile and Nod, where I interview creative types. Great show. It's a really good show. I love it. Um, it's Plus, you can offer them pictures of me sleeping, which is weird, but sure. Look, I gotta make my money. I mean, <laughs> get it while you can, man. Uh, P-S- PSS, Josh, you need to play some more Dragon Quest. Uh, yeah, uh, we talked about... I, I don't know if we talked about it on the show, but we talked about... I watched the movie. Yeah, we Dra- talked We talked about it off the show. Off the show, yeah. yeah. And I, I liked it. And 5, like, that looks cool. It looks like a cool story. And I know I'm, like, way behind on this shit, because I only played one. Yeah, but, but, like, none of them are connected, so it doesn't really Yeah, matter. they're all just... It's like, it's like Final, Final Fantasy. Fantasy. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I liked, I liked the movie, except for the end, which I thought was stupid. Yeah, the but. ending was fucking wild. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody so that you, too, can stare at your screen like, what? And be baffled <laughs> at why this needed to be in the movie. What <laughs> does this I, have I to I do sure with was. anything? Okay. Yeah. yeah, I guess. Why not? I guess yep. if you want to undermine your whole story. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you had a really great thing going, and then we did this, but okay. <laughs> uh, it, it is a really fun movie, though. I do, yeah, it looks I do great. suggest it. It looks great. Uh, thanks for the email, though, Joshua. That's really fucking dope of you. Yeah, to thank to you. Us. Uh, our next email is uh, from Lieutenant Junior Grade Fudge Breakfast, which <laughs> okay. I'm sure is a real name, and it is entitled it's... Music. <laughs> Man, we're going with the one one word titles today. <laughs> Good news, Trek boys. 
What is it? Big fan of when people say they're big fans of here. Yep. <laughs> I've been an avid watcher slash listener to all things Josh since finding Continue in 2013, and as well as all things Jeff since discovering this show. Nice. Rip in peace, OGOC. <laughs> Aww. Uh, rest in peace for sure. It was it was it was good. It was hard to do. It was it a was, tough. It was show a to tough do. show to do. It had a lot of like pre-game moving shit. Yeah, uh, I've been listening since you boys were still in the TNG movie, so I figured it was time I finally wrote y'all an email. Welcome back to emails for the Welcome first time. Welcome to the fold. You're the only person still listening to emails who pro- who isn't a patron, as far as I know. <laughs> Uh, you're always mm-hmm. saying the questions don't necessarily have to be Star Trek related, so I was wondering if you boys had any favorite concept albums. I Ooh. love when a group or artist is able to create an album that, whether it be lyrically, musically, and or thematically, feels like a whole piece rather than just a collection of songs. Yeah, my, I mean, there's an easy one for me. Any of the Coheed albums are that. Mm, I uh, never got into the... The newest one is fucking really good. It's called... It's called some fucking Coheed sci-fi shit. I don't remember. Uh, I, I don't remember. But it's really good. It's amazing how that band, like, is still good. Like, a lot of times bands drop off, right? But they're just, like, just the same. It's just more of the same, and it's great. I love it. That is cool that they're still, like, they're still at it at this yeah. point. And it's not, like, dumbed down. It's like it's like every album has, like, at least two hits on it, and you're like, man, this is really, co- really good. And they're all that crazy fucking sci-fi FBI saga. <laughs> This right. is this yeah. This is like going back like really far. Speaking of sci-fi, uh, I really like loved the song "Mr. Roboto" when I was yeah. a kid by Styx. It was always a fun song, right. and I found out that it's uh, a concept album yes. called "Kilroy" was here, and I Kilroy, finally, yeah. I finally listened to it like when I was in my twenties, and I was like, "Fuck, this is actually really cool." Yeah. So I really like that one, and I mean, there's. Like in the last episode, we were talking about the Proto Man, which is all right. And yeah, yeah. The Megas has their whole albums are like every album they put out is a concept based on one of the Mega Man games, and I love Mega Man, so I'm cool with that. That's cool. Um, Toe like, Jam and Earl Panic on Funkatron is that an album? <laughs> it can be. <laughs> like Queen, the Queen's albums were high concept, right? Like that's true. They weren't necessarily like all one theme but like a lot of them were just like you know like bicycle and uh trapped in the closet volumes one through nine thousand yeah that's a great one that actually is funny as fuck the whole thing is hilarious yeah um he continues don't get me wrong there are countless albums that are just a collection of songs that i still love and think are absolute masterpieces i will slip in uh illmatic into this right Uh here uh-huh. Absolute masterpiece album. Uh, but I'm just a sucker for a good concept album. I've noticed you boys seem to enjoy a wide range of music, so I hoped you'd have at least a few favorites you might share. One I'll recommend is Devin Townsend's Ziltoid the Omniscient. Yes. A heavy Mike. metal comedy space yes. opera about the titular Ziltoid coming to Earth in search of the ultimate cup of coffee. Even if you don't feel like listening to the whole thing, you should at least check out the track Hyperdrive off of it. That song fucks. You just reminded me of one of my absolute favorite uh, concept albums of all time, uh, Deltron 3030. Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck, I, I, numbers fuck me up, dude. It's Deltron. It's like Del the... Yeah, it's 3030. Deltron the Funk... Del the Funky Homo Sapiens album, yeah. Deltron 3030, which is about hip-hop taking down an oppressive regime in the far future. <laughs> That's fucking great. I fucking love it. Like, check that shit out. Like, Del the Funky Homo Sapien, if you don't know, he was, uh, everybody probably knows him without knowing him from Gorilla's Clint Eastwood. Yeah, he's the rapper. Yeah, yeah. He's the rapper, yeah. And also, Gorilla's Rock the House. He's the rapper on that. Pretty much right. anytime the drummer for Gorilla's has a ghost come out of him, it's Del the Funky Homo Sapien. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, my cousin really loves uh, Devin Townsend. And what's what's the band? What band? Strapping uh, is that the band? What band was he in? Oh shit, you caught me off guard. I don't fuck. Know. I'm trying to look it up, and I like can't fucking find it because I'm an idiot today. Uh-oh. Strapping young lad, that's the band. Stra- yeah, yeah, he likes him a lot, and I know he does a lot of high concept like math metal shit. Um, math metal. It's yeah, it's just very like. <laughs> 
precise metal. I don't really know. It's like math rock, but metal. I don't know. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I think we've named a few. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, thanks for all the hours of fun and insightful Star Trek talk. I don't know anyone else who's watched the shows despite my best efforts, so M-Class is where I get my Star Trek discussion fixed. It's also just good to hear there are like-minded folks out there, and I'm not completely insane yet. Yep. <laughs> Keep on living, laughing, eating, praying, and loving out there in the free quadrants. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Live, laugh, eat, pray, love. Live, laugh, eat, pray, love. <laughs> Sincerely, Lieutenant Junior Grade Fudge Breakfast Counselor stationed aboard the USS Parker Lewis Can't Lose. <laughs> Remember that fucking show? Holy Remember shit. Remember me referencing that show for half this show? At that one show, point? dude, that show is like, like they couldn't do Ferris Bueller because yeah. they tried it. They tried making a Ferris the Bueller fucking, show. The first episode has him smash a cardboard cutout of Ferris a Bueller. Ferris Bueller, and they're just like, fuck it. Make it a slightly different. <laughs> that show is like one of those, like, early 90s late 80s yeah. uh, like sick like kids sitcoms where it's like a cartoon but live action yes it's crazy it's crazy uh, in- incredibly funny made me laugh when i first saw it it says sent from my iconian phone <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good <laughs> the iconians after the Constructs, Thundering Tracks, and Skyblazer, each sold separately from Fisher-Price. Constructs! Back to the show. Hey, everybody. Uh, shit fucked up. Like, Whoopsies. Right, right in the middle of David S., uh, right in the middle of uh, Greg's email, uh, it just stopped recording for some reason, because fuck you, Jeff. Yeah, why not, right? Eat my ass. Um, we, we were already done reading David S.'s email. I'm extremely sorry, but we'll have to read that next time because we went on a rant that is completely... Yeah. Uh, we talked for like 15 minutes yeah. about shit. It is, it's completely unreproducible. There's no yeah. way that we're going to be able to reproduce that. Right, we'll have to wait. Uh, but that was it was really good, and I'm so, <laughs> this is sort of like... Like, uh, I guess a teaser, right? Because, like, it was a good email, and we did talk yeah. a lot about it. It was a really great email, and... It's a, it's a super good question. You'll you'll be able to hear it next time. I'm going to save it so that we're fresh when we come back. And yeah, well, yeah. I, I read earlier in the Discord that David S. was like, let's see if I can get two weeks in a row. Oh. No, well, the fates didn't want that, unfortunately. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, it just—I think it would be weird to read it again. Yeah, right? like, I mean, I yeah. had to do a voice for the whole thing, and it I kind of nailed it. It was—you did nail it. It was good. Fuck, I'm so <laughs> sorry, everybody. Um, make sure that when you edit these together, you put like the curb your enthusiasm theme between it. Oh yeah, sure, I'll so. figure it. Yeah, <laughs> it'll just be some random thing. I'll just be like, our, our next email, is, I guess our next email is from Fedco. And it is entitled Talking About Shrimps. And he says, No, wait, I already did shrimps. I still really love shrimps, but let's talk about something different. Let's talk about shirts. Oh, yeah. Shirts. Jeff, Josh, let us be talking about shirts. What what were your favorite shirts when you were kids? (laughs) My favorite shirts? This is actually a really good question. Do you remember Gotcha, that surf company? Yeah, I do, actually. I owned a billion. They were like horizontally striped 90s shirts. Yeah. Quicksilver shirts. I owned a shit ton of Quicksilver shirts. Yeah, when I was a kid, I had like... um Walmart shirts that had like stuff I liked on them, but my yeah. favorite shirts, uh, like I wore like striped, like the little when I was really little, I wore like the little collared striped short sleeve shirts. Yeah, yeah, like the Izod like, shirts, horizontally striped. Yeah, 
And when I got a little older, I started wearing just t-shirts all the time. Yeah, that's what you do. In high school, I started wearing plaid button-up shirts, like the real thin, soft plaid, yeah. but not uh, fucking flannel, but plaid. Right. And then in college, I started wearing flannel. <laughs> I, in high school, wore uh, women's pants, uh-huh. and I wore polyester shirts all the time. You dress like a 70s pimp. I was like a 70s pimp. I had necklaces and chains and shit and long ass hair. We can put you a picture were straight on the out Discord. of the 70s. It's true. Yeah. I just was like, fuck it. None of this matters. I wore bell bottoms and shit. I didn't care. Uh, if I'm still a kid, these days I wear Henleys a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm still a kid. I am 33. What's Henleys? Henleys are the, like, long sleeve shirts that have, like, they don't have a collar, but they have, like, the little three buttons down the front. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Them. I wear those uh, a lot. Baseball shirts are super comfortable. Yeah, so. exactly. I wear them because they're incredibly comfortable and they don't squeeze around my giant neck. Yeah. <laughs> also, you're a totally real giant dick. Yeah, I don't want them squeezing around my, my uh, completely real giant, my totally, <laughs> totally real, real giant, giant wiener. <laughs> <laughs> You're fucking TRGW, man. You gotta get that some room. Um, he does ask when you were shitty teenagers and when you were cool adults. So you can you can tell what was, you were now. I was a cool teenager and a shitty adult. I was a shitty sense? teenager and now I'm a cool adult. So I you probably were a cool teenager too. I don't know about all that. And as an adult, I don't know t-shirts. Just I like now I just wear like plain black or dark blue t-shirts that are tight fitting you've become a goth yeah and i shave my head because i lost all my glorious hair r.i.p to the tresses rip, rip. hoodies uh, jeans josh does wear a lot of hoodies this is why when i draw him as a cartoon character he's always wearing a black hoodie it's comfortable man uh, my favorite shirt when I was a kid was just whatever mom put on me in the morning because I was a loser that didn't dress himself. Nice. I didn't have. I did have one shirt that had all 150 Pokemon on it though, just like on a grid. <laughs> That's cool. That's pretty cool with names and numbers. That was probably my favorite as a kid. Not sure what happened to that shirt. My dad hated it. Dad hated a lot of things. Oh no. That's dad's. That's dad's. Yeah. I had what a- is this? I hate it. I had a Sonic the Hedgehog shirt when I was a kid that I fucking loved. That was oh, like, yeah. It was the design that was on the Pogs, like the one that was on the first Pog. It was, it was oh, just a shirt. fuck. And it said Sonic the Hedgehog, and it had the Pogs logo. That's all, not P-A-W-G. No, not the, not the best Pogs. Not the best kind of Pog, yeah. <laughs> the, the second the best kind. kind of Pog. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite shirt when I was a slacker teenager was for sure my marching band shirts in general, with an honorable mention to this cool-looking white shirt my uncle gave me. He salvaged it from some sort of failed venture that had a cool skull on it that said shell-shocked or something like that. I I had a shirt that I got at a thrift store. Uh, I used to go to find shirts from thrift stores a lot. Zane and I st- still go every now and then. Uh but it it had a cat on it, like a look like a like a drawing of a cat, like looked real, you mm-hmm. know. But it was like black, and it said "the perfect pet." And that shirt got stolen, Jesus, by Christ. an ex girlfriend who sucks. also stole my 1970s leather jacket. That sucks, dude. And she stole my physical graffiti Led Zeppelin album. She didn't what really monster. steal it so a much monster. as like she just has them. Well, she probably doesn't have them anymore, but she had them. I um. I fucking, like, when I was in high school, I had a shirt that said, uh, like, it, it was, like, a fake band yeah. shirt that had, like, dates that they were touring on it. Yeah. And I tricked someone into thinking that the dates were, it was a real band and the dates were real. And they wanted they, to go. They wanted to go real bad. And I yeah. almost got to the point where they were going to buy tickets. <laughs> they would have a hard time. And then they did not. I thought that was super funny, so I was not a cool teenager. 
That's um, pretty, it's actually pretty funny still. <laughs> it's not as not funny as you think it is, I think. I had a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles shirt when I was a little kid that I fucking loved. Like, I wore that shit into the ground. And I also yeah. had my, my Little League jersey, which was yes. a t-shirt with my name on it. Yes, I have a bunch of those from random children that I would wear. I, used, I mean, I used to be, like, 110 pounds yeah. soaking wet. So I could wear, like, children's shirts, right? Ridiculous, dude. Like, I, I still have... Because we were the Houston Astros. It was Houston spelled like Hughes, the last name, T-O-N, because that's the name of the town I grew up in. Yeah. We were the Houston Astros, and I still have my mom's t-shirt that says Pennington on it. That's awesome. And that still fits me, but uh, not well, because my mom is much shorter than me. (laughs) Oh, I hate when the shirts are too short, and it comes up like a crop. I hate that. Yeah, like, it comes to right at my belt level, because it was huge on her. But So, it comes right to my belt level, and it's, I don't feel comfortable enough with that, wearing it around. It's gotta go down to, like, perfect shirt level is when it hits your dick. Yeah. That's perfect shirt level. Absolutely. Um... Uh, he's, he does mention, I'll wager five quatlos that Josh said something about his polyester shirt collection. Mm-hmm. I bet those made him feel way cool, too, just like my Shellshock shirt. Yeah, it did. My favorite shirt as an adult, still my marching band shirts. I can still fit into them, but a few of them are starting to develop extra holes. Time's that a sucks. bitch. Yeah, it sucks. Now, now though, that might change once I visit, pay a visit to Jeff's Cool T-Shirt Shop. Whoa! That's teespring.com slash stores slash Jeff's Shirts, folks. Find your new favorite shirt at Jeff's t-shirt, Cool T-Shirt Shop today. Wow. Thanks for all the cool commercials, yeah, guys. Yeah, thanks, you guys. The show <laughs> is just a big commercial for giving us money. Thank you. <laughs> Anyways, back to watching Voyager. I'm almost halfway through. Season 4 hasn't been all that bad. Watching season 4, episode 25, 1 now. It's the one where Voyager goes through a deadly nebula, so they have to put the crew in stasis. Yes, I remember that It's just the Dock and 7. Yep. Uh, They go nuts. An an update for Jeff's cool t-shirt shop. There should be, in the next month, at least two or three more shirts up in there to purchase. Up in there? I just bought two Star Trek shirts. I bought a Defiant shirt and a Starfleet yeah, Academy. You didn't buy shirt. that shit for me, son. I didn't know you didn't make them. <laughs> I didn't. I don't make. I don't think I have anything. I think I do have the Star Trek Queen shirt, the Deep Space Nine Queen. Oh, that on one rules. I do buy. want that one. Yes, I do want that one. Yeah, I have that on a shirt. I think that's the only Star Trek one I have so far. I'm not sure. Yeah, that one is dope. Um, uh, this is of course signed uh, or it says science officer Fedco should be back from their sabbatical sometime soon signed regular old Fedco <laughs> regular old Fedco thank you for that email regular <laughs> old Fedco thanks and our last email of the evening can you guess what it is Josh it's Rich Masters it's Rich Masters and his alternate Picard season. The I one can... that I definitely think should be made and not this Picard, because I have seen what happens, and it's not great. <laughs> I uh, am always excited about alternate Picard, but I keep calling it fake Picard on Twitter. I should stop that. <laughs> yeah, it's real. It's real to me, damn it's it. It's real to me, damn it. <laughs> uh, he begins, top of the morning, Trek boys. Oh, now he's Irish, okay. <laughs> I should do the whole thing in an accent. Not long now. This writing shits for the birds, let me tell you. Pretty good. This was a fun episode to write, and one of me faves. So I hope you like it, and everyone listening too. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Previously on alternate Star Trek Picard. Shit. With Admiral Graham's files finally broken, the last disconnected Borg signal has been revealed. With it, an opportunity to discover who Dodge really is and what she means for the future of the Alpha Quadrant. The crew rush to a planet on the edge of Romulan space, but time is running out for Picard, whose Borg-induced dementia and hallucinations are impairing his judgment. Hmm. As the villainous Lord drives deeper doubts into Dodge about Picard's motives and character, he simultaneously encourages his offspring, Commander Progeny, to rebel and assimilate the crew of the USS Salea, including 
her Borg-hating admiral, Laura Graham. Ah, uh, Laura Graham, fuck you. The Saleya's old CO, Captain Tavir, has finally rendezvoused with Captain Riker of the Titan, who is secretly in possession of the reassembled Captain Data. Yes! And now, the continuation. Ba, 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 <laughs> Captain Picard! This is the theme to the show called Picard. Oh, Picard. <laughs> Captains Riker, Data, and Tavir walk onto the bridge of the Titan. He's back! Captain, uh, captains on deck, shouts the eager lieutenant at the con. With a smile, Riker concedes the bridge to his second-in-command and asks Tavir, Data, and the ship's counselor and his wife, Deanna Troy Riker, to enter his ready room. Mm -hmm. I hope you don't mind if I take the captain's seat, asks Will with a smile. We're back on first-name terms now. God, I love him. Oh, my God. He, he like, captured him immediately. Yeah, absolutely. I'm back. Data yep. and Tavir share a deadpan look with each other, clearly confused. It is your chair, funny. Captain, says Data. <laughs> Indeed, agrees Tavir. It's oh, like having man. two of them, Will sighs, before Deanna <laughs> chastises him to be nice. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. Tavir tells him in... Uh, Tavir tells them in greater detail what has happened, how she was forced to leave the USS Saleya, how Graham seemed dogged to find Picard. She asks why Will didn't tell her about Captain Data or the fact that the Titan was returning to Federation space. There's a lot of contingency planning going on here, Tavir. When Jean-Luc Picard sent us to the Delta Quadrant border, it was because he could feel the Borg on the move. That frightened me. It's why I chose you to keep tabs on him. Admiral Graham's forcing of your hand is one of the reasons we're back. One? asked Tavir. Hmm. More like 21. Data moves to the control panel and brings up a deep space sensor reading from probes inside the Delta Quadrant. The footage shows a fleet of 20 Borg cubes on a direct course for the Alpha Quadrant. That should be easily handled. (laughs) It went well last time at Wolf 359, (laughs) our most triumphant day. Yes. (laughs) They were headed to Earth until approximately 24 hours ago when they abruptly changed course. When Tavir asks where they're now headed, Data asks, What was the Stargazer's last course? As Tavir confirms the route deep into Romulan space, Data pushes a button. Two lines converge on a planet called Parabus Three. Mm-hmm. Title: The Toll of the Bell. Parabus. <laughs> I feel like I'm in the episode now. It's like yeah, it's like a like a radio play. Parabus Three looms large on the Stargazer's view screen, and Rafi asks the computer how long it'll be until arrival at the Borg signal. When the computer confirms it'll take 14 hours, Rafi asks Number One if they should go a more direct route through the Mutaran belt. Number One barks, and Rafi laughs to herself. You're right, let's take the safer scenic route. Rafi rubs her eyes. Need a break? asks Seven as she enters the bridge, Number One trotting over for a pet. Oh, cutie. If you've been reduced to asking this one for advice, maybe you need some sleep. <laughs> Sometimes he's the only one on this ship that makes sense, Rafi says, prompting agreement from Seven. Nice. Rafi admits she's tired. Take that, you fucking nerds. The dog makes more sense than you. (laughs) Rafi admits she's tired, but she wouldn't change a damn thing. That this is making her feel like a person again. When she left Starfleet, she realized that she'd put her whole life on hold, sacrificing family and friends, and she felt empty and rudderless. Now she's never felt more focused. Seven admits she feels a very familiar issue. Voyager re-entering the Alpha Quadrant meant her family was broken up. It was Picard and the cooperative liberation movement that gave her purpose. The fear she felt about having to do it on her own was almost consuming. I always struggled being one of one. Great line. Seven tells Rafi that she is what's keeping them true, holding the course, and Seven is thankful for it. Oh, yeah. Um... Rafi asks how Picard is, confirming that she has noticed something is wrong with her former captain. Seven says the seemingly inactive Borg architecture is putting immense pressure on his parietal lobe and explains the fuzzy attention, the mood swings, the inconsistencies in his command. It's akin to dementia. Seven says that despite that, she owes a debt to Jean-Luc that he helped liberate Borg when no one else seemed concerned. Rafi reaffirms her own pledge to Picard. She'll follow him until the end. Nice. Hugh is checking over weaponry when Dodge comes to see him. She reminds Hugh that they have time before their mission. He should probably try to relax. 
When Hugh goes back to work sullenly, Dodge goes to leave, only for Hugh to stop her. I'm sorry. I struggle with the emotional element of my individuality. I was assimilated so early. I feel like I missed out on the growing up part of being human. It sucks. Don't do it. <laughs> growing up does suck. It's not great. Middle school? Fuck that. Yeah, that's when it was worst, for mm. sure. Dodge seems sad. I can't imagine what that was like. Hugh grabs her hand and places it on his face. You know. You've seen my dreams. Dodge gets flashes of Hugh's boyhood assimilation. It's horrifying. She pulls away. I can't say thank I can't thank Picard enough for what he and the crew of the Enterprise did, Hugh begins, but Dodge stops him. I'm sure he'd appreciate it. <laughs> Picard walks into the science bay where he witnesses Lore and Beta whispering suspiciously. Weird. He, pretend, he pretends he didn't notice. <laughs> How's it coming? he asks. Slowly, Lore admits. The signal is something different. Borg and somehow not. Beta adds that they need to get closer in order to decipher why these three signals they've been chasing were so important to Admiral Graham. Picard goes to leave, but stops, giving Beta a long, lingering look. In return, Beta hangs her head. When he's sure Picard is gone, Lore snarls at Dodge, picking her up off the ground with one hand. I didn't know Dodge was there. What? Beta. Beta. Okay, he put he the wrong beta. name. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm sorry, Rich. I should have known. Lore snarls at Beta, picking her up off the ground with one hand. Idiot. You didn't tell Picard... You don't tell Picard anything without my consent. I don't need him figuring out what we're go doing, do I? Damn, dude. <laughs> Beta apologizes, but Lore won't accept her apology until she adds master at the end. Ooh. Gross. On the Salea, the sound of perfectly synchronized boots fall on the floor. The crew, or what's left of them, march in time. A perfect synergy of Starfleet military discipline and Borg efficiency. Oh, fuck me. All hands are working, converting the corridors of the ship to Borg panels. Progeny walks past, then enters engineering to confront Admiral Graham. She hasn't been assimilated precisely, but she is clearly being controlled by Progeny. Oh my god... <laughs> Admiral, how is the retrofitting coming along? He asks. Retrofitting? You've defaced the entire sh- Before she can finish, Progeny uses the link the Soong Borg share to cause the entire crew pain. Hatred Whoa. in her eyes, she confirms the ship will be ready in ten hours. Uh, looks like you got fucked, Admiral Dum-Dum. <laughs> Fucking take that to the bank and smoke it, you bitch. <laughs> Or something. Uh, <laughs> that was good. It feels wrong, doesn't it? Progeny asks. To be enslaved. Used. A perversion of two ideals. Oh, man. It'll be all over soon, Admiral. Then you, we, can finally join our new family. Admiral hmm. Graham looks distraught at the thought of becoming Borg until Progeny corrects that thought. No, not Borg. Something better. We have our king and queen now. What? What? Hours... <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Hours later, Picard, Hugh, and Rafi stand in the transporter room, ready to beam down to the planet. Dodge bursts in, begging her to take them with them. Picard had hoped to do this without her, but Rafi says that they may need a hand if they need... intend to crack any more Borg codes. Unless Picard wants to take lore, that is. Hmm. Feeling pressured, Picard relents, and the away team beam down, leaving Seven in command with Beta, Lore, and Number One. Puppy! Hopefully number one hasn't joined lore. God damn. Damn right. Hopefully he doesn't get Disney death or something. I'll Fuck. cry. If you kill number one, I will kill you. I want you to know that, Rich. Yeah, don't kill number one, please. They arrive on an M-class planet dense with lush jungle and just as hot. Rafi confirms it's 40 degrees Celsius with over 90% humidity. No thanks. Hugh and Picard share a look. What? Rafi sighs frustrated. What is it now? Dodge understands, telling Rafi it almost perfectly matches the conditions inside a Borg yep. cube. Yep. As they come to a clearing, the remains of a downed cube just out of the horizon like some terrifying pyramid. That's awesome. It's then Picard pulls a Sith dagger out of his pocket and matches up the decay perfectly with the <laughs> secret decoder part. 
<laughs> nah, that doesn't really happen. Who'd be stupid enough to do that? <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> As the crew make their way onward over a craggy-looking ledge of a mountainside, they are suddenly attacked by small flying drones. Not like Soldier Borg, like the drone-type things we have now. That fire phasers at the cliff. Hugh is able to grab Dodge, but Picard's footing collapses and he falls down the rock face. No! Rafi disables one drone as they fly towards Dodge and... Stop. They scan the girl before flying back towards the Borg crash site. She's the queen! (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. She's the fucking queen! On the bridge, Seven gets a hail from Rafi to scan for Picard's life signs, but Lore says there's nothing. Beta confirms her master scans are correct after Seven refuses to believe him. Seven relays to Rafi that Admiral Picard is dead. No. The away team somberly continued towards the cube, arriving in an abandoned village, seemingly enhanced with parts from Borg tech. In the middle of town, like some town monument, sits a Borg viniculum, proudly springing from the ground. Ugh. Get up, a voice commands. A bloodied Picard opens his eyes, and Locutus stands over him. What the fuck? He tells the old man that if he doesn't want to perish on the side of a mountain, that he should stand on his feeble legs and march brain. to the town. It's in his brain. I love this. Locutus is bitter, nasty in his criticism of Picard. He tells Picard if he had given himself to the Borg, his old age would not have become such a weakness. Picard gingerly stands and brushes the dust off of his front. He goes to tap his comm badge, but it's missing. Picard and Locutus on the mountain, he mutters to himself. <laughs> his lips closed, his feet moving, responds Locutus. <laughs> Locutus got fucking burns. He's ready. He's ready to go. He's like, I'm better. Hugh's scan, Hugh scans reveal that the viniculum is still active. Dodge hangs back from Rafi and Hugh and notices that the crew are surrounded by Borg. They turn weapons on our away team and Dodge screams a warning. When Hugh and Rafi lift their weapons, they are stunned and fall to the floor. Picard tries to sing a song to himself, a climbing song, but Locutus drowns the song from his brain with high-pitched electronic signals. Ooh, like, no- uh, like, uh, what's his name? Skrillex. Like a dial-up tone. <laughs> Get off the phone! Beep, boop, boop. I'll add Skype. Um, (laughs) No singing. We are close. Damn. Picard tells him he knows he's just an hallucination. Pressure on his parietal lobe. That he doesn't scare him. Your elevated pulse tells a different story. Climbing a mountain, dude. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. (laughs) The crew He's also 98 years old. Yeah, no doubt. He's in his fucking 70s, bro. (laughs) You know who else is in his 70s? Jeff Goldblum. That's incredible. Isn't that fucking nuts? Yeah, that's a, that's that blows my mind. The crew wake, tied, uh, tied up on their knees before the viniculum. The Borg villagers speak as one, and both Dodge and Hugh can hear them inside their heads. They tell the crew that even though they can sense they are ex-Borg as well, they cannot risk the knowledge of their enclave getting out. Hugh asks why they didn't just kill them then, and the Borg reply that they are not savages. They would not take the decision lightly. They had to deliberate and refuse to kill unconscious enemies. I'm sure all this psychic nonsense is very efficient, but can you please tell me what's happening, shouts Rafi, frustrated. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to execute us, reveals Dodge. Ah, says Rafi. Nice. Feel free not to translate any more info. (laughs) (laughs) As the Borg raise their weapons, an exhausted Picard enters the camp and begs them to stop. Each Borg falls to their knees, and Hugh and Dodge hear one word repeated like a mantra, Locutus. Oh my god. On the Stargazer, Lore starts shutting down systems covertly, including comms and engines. When he notices number one staring at him, Lore sneers and the dog trots off. (laughs) The dog knows. On the planet, the Borg tell Locutus he liberated this cube ten years ago and swore to return with instructions. Rafi Rafi and Hugh are incensed. Picard shouldn't be doing secret missions without them, but Picard can't remember doing this. Oh, man. The Borg asks why they're calling him Picard. 
They share a meal, but Picard sees his locutus hallucination leave the tent. He follows, nobody noticing him slip away. The vaniculum seems to glow even more unnaturally green as he follows Locutus towards it. Ugh. Gross. Green. That is a disgusting word. It is. Dodge notices Picard is gone and follows him out into the square. Picard touches the vaniculum. And nothing. When Dodge approaches, she asks if Picard's okay and touches his shoulder. She creates a link, and the pair are assaulted by flashes of Borg, including a flash of the transwarp conduit. Oh, shit. The two of them also see all Locutus's horrors. Picard and Dodge look at each other, confused. What? I'm guessing he had his hands on the vaniculum, and then and she, she touched, touched him. him. Yeah, it's a yeah. link. I get it. <laughs> at Lore's post on the Stargazer, a pad on his station flashes the words, Download Complete. He picks up the pad and pulls a phaser, stunning seven. He and Beta then make their way to the shuttle bay. Hmm. Could you imagine being seven in this situation? You're just fucking chilling, and suddenly you get shot in the back with Ow! a phaser. <laughs> but why? <laughs> Fuck. As Beta gets the shuttle ready, Lore sets the pad to one side and cripples the stargazer, systematically ruining systems so the ship will not give chase. Hmm. What now? asks Beta. I suppose it doesn't hurt to clue you in, says Lore, his eyes on the work. That pad has all the knowledge of that Borg vaniculum, the files on Dodge, everything. We're going to rendezvous with my son's ship and see what damage we can do to the galaxy. Damn. What pad, Beta says. Lore spins around and finds she has injected the pad with her Borg tubules, and when finished, crushes the pad in her hand like an empty can. Damn, this is radical. <laughs> You were going to betray me. I'm not stupid. <laughs> there are two sides to every story, Lore says. That is erroneous, Beta tells him. There's only ever one story. There are just far too many liars who recount the tale incorrectly. Damn. Lore is fury personified as he uses the connection between he and Beta to send her crippling pain, then pounces on her, tearing the Borg implants from her face and body until he hears a growl from the gangway above. No! As he looks up, Number One descends on him, all gnashing teeth and tearing bites. Lore is able to get a phaser blast off before our goodest boy chomps through Lore's servo in his neck. Lore throws the dog off of him, who lands with a sickening crunch no! against the wall. Puppy! Before limping towards the shuttle. Lore falls just short, shutting down as the damage consumes him. Yes, he got him, though. Seven rushes in to find everyone knocked out. She rushes to Beta, who's near death. I'm sorry, Beta says. When Seven asks what for, Beta injects her with nanotubules and transfers the knowledge from the pad before passing out in Seven's embrace. That dog better fucking be alive! <laughs> Rich! <laughs> Once transporters are fixed, Laura's back in the brig and number one and Beta are on her bio bed in sickbay. Seven beams the crew back. A terrified Dawes asks to speak with Picard, but he snaps that they'll talk later. Picard and Dodge are oddly quiet as they report to sickbay. Picard asks Seven for a status update, and she tells him the ship is dead in the water for at least ten hours, such as the scale of Lore's sabotage. Upon hearing this, Dodge slinks away. We also had casualties, Seven admits. No. We pan over to number one on the bed, stock still on his side. Picard slowly walks over, fearing the worst, but the dog rolls over gleefully, his leg in a cast. <laughs> yes! Picard gives him a belly rub. Damn, dog saved us all, Seven admitted. Yes. Thank God. My dog. Um, <laughs> at the head of the bed, Beta has not been so lucky. She lies cold and gray, the damage Lore did to her too much to fix. Seven sighs. She transferred her knowledge to me before she died. There's some stuff here regarding Dodge you have to see. Dodge, Picard asks. Where is she? You see the difference in like response between when the dog is maybe gonna yeah. die and, and then, when a character yeah. actually dies. Right. right. It's, it's, I don't know. I don't know why. 
Picard, Seven, and Hugh arrive at the shuttle bay only to witness the Stargazers near obsolete and only shuttle burst from the bay and go to warp. What? On the USS Titan, Data sits at ops. He tells Captain Riker that the Borg cubes have vanished from his sensors. Just as Tavir states that they can't have just vanished, ten green pinpoints open in space around them, ejecting ten Borg cubes. Oh. (laughs) Shields up. Red alert, Tavir says, just Uh before Riker can. It's going to be the cooperative. To be continued. It's going to be the cooperative. He finishes up the email by saying, three left. Maybe I should make one a clip show to give myself a break. Yeah. Next week, we swap focus for a bit. Should be another fun one. Love you, boys. Signed, Rich. Somebody on the USS once told me the world was... (laughs) It doesn't work as well. It's supposed to be somebody on the US once told me the world was gonna roll me. Yep. Yeah, that's it. I kept that up longer than I thought I was going to be able to. (laughs) That's great. Thank you, Rich. Fuck, dude. This is your show. We're just on it. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's pretty much what it is. I feel like a vessel for bringing your show to other people. That's why I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I'm insanely handsome and with a totally real giant wiener. (laughs) Totally real giant wiener. Uh, like yeah. our show is fine and all, but this show should be on TV. Yeah, this is better than anything that I've seen ever. So, good job. I, I had heard that there was an extremely gory moment in the new Picard. Oh, uh, were they? Did he tell you, or did he? I had heard about it elsewhere, but like, oh, and you could compare the like ripping the Borg parts out, but you can yeah. do that and make it not gory. They're just metal parts. You just take the metal part out of another metal part. Right. It's not gory to us because we're organic, right? So we yeah. don't think it's weird. Can, if Mega Man was watching it, he'd just throw, throw it. Bolts, bolts everywhere. Yeah, throw it. Yeah. Clung, 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 clung. Screws and bolts everywhere. <laughs> Fuck, I needed those on my insides. <laughs> <laughs> my inside bolts. Oh no. If a if a uh, robot threw up their bolts, would they not just die immediately? Just fall apart. (laughs) Fuck, dude, Rich. Why are you so good? Why are you so fucking good? Seriously, seriously. Like Josh said, you captured Riker so perfectly Perfectly. in his first line. First line episode. First line, perfect. Incredible. Yeah, it's amazing. Absolutely incredible. I'd suck your dick, but you're in England. You could suck his English dick when you get over there. <laughs> I mean, his spotted well, dick. <laughs> his spotted dick. Hopefully, you don't have a spotted dick, Rich. I'm sorry. Maybe. Who knows? I didn't want to count your dick spots before they're hatched. <laughs> before they're scratched. <laughs> Genius. Nice. <laughs> Look. Thank you for that email, Rich. Thank you to everybody who wrote in. Another giant apology to David S. Um, yeah, we'll get to it, though, because it was a fucking yeah, super good email. It was. So. God, I can't. I'm so fucking pissed off. Yeah, I hate when shit doesn't work, and it's, yeah. it sucks. It does suck. For no reason, as well. It just stopped. Yeah, just, I don't know why. It's audacity, dude. It just does it. Fuck, it was just like, you're done. Yeah, you're done. <laughs> you don't here. think you're done, but you're done. Yeah. Thanks to everybody who wrote in. Thank you. So much for the people who support us most. That's our patrons. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can become one of them. Join the Discord. Become friends with a million really cool people and get a ton of behind-the-scenes stuff, extra podcasts, commentary tracks, all kinds of shit by heading to patreon.com slash mclasspodcast. And it helps us keep making the show. Yes. We like, love it. Like, I feel like... I'm by myself sometimes when I'm reading Rich's emails because we're both so enraptured. I'm by like what's trying happening. not to talk because I want to like hear it. Like I want to like yeah. Like I'm there. Like I'm watching it. It's like I'm watching it really. <laughs> so, Josh is still on the show. Everybody, he's just enraptured. Yeah, I'm here. Just I'm listening. <laughs> if you want to support Josh, and who doesn't? Please head to Patreon.com/slash/MClassPodcast. Yeah. For as little as a dollar a day, you too can feed a Josh, a hungry Josh. <laughs> so hungry. <laughs> In the arms the of a Trek boy. Oh, we went two different directions. That's fine. Feed uh, a Josh. <laughs>
definitely become a patron. Definitely send more emails to us at mclassemail at gmail.com. Definitely follow us on Twitter at mclasspodcast. Tell all your friends if you want to have a handy link that you can send out to people so that they can find us and what we do. You can send them to mclasspodcast.com. Mm-hmm. Which uh, I, we have for now, as long as we can afford it. As long it. as we can afford it, yeah. <laughs> thank, thank you again to everybody. Thank you to Josh for being thank my you. pal. Thanks, thanks you, Jeff. Thanks you. <laughs> thanks you. And uh, everybody out there, remember to uh, live, laugh, eat, pray, love. We gotta get that tattoo, too. Live, laugh, eat, pray, love, Babylon. <laughs> Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.